What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie J. Lopez. Hope you're all doing well. Before we get into it, please follow the podcast page, allow for notifications, rate the podcast. Also follow me on social media at Frequency Studios underscore on Instagram and at Frequency Studios on TikTok. Consistent content, including a few album reviews that don't make the podcast. Got a special guest in the house today. Part of Brooklyn-based folk soul group Holy Hive has had a career full of noteworthy collaborations with folks like Fleet Foxes, Kenny Beats recently, and many more and recently released his fantastic latest album, Thunderhead, December 16th, to my own critical acclaim at the very least, Mr. Paul Spring. Paul, how are you doing today? Good, Frank. You're very good. How about yourself? <laughs> I cannot complain, you know, just getting through life, but really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for reaching out. So would love to start from the beginning. What was your experience with music growing up and how involved was music in your life when you were a kid? Oh, so, I mean, my parents played a lot of music around the house, Mm -hmm. uh, mostly classical music, a lot of Irish music too. They both played piano and a bunch of my older siblings got piano lessons, but I really wanted to play guitar. So that was my first instrument. Took a couple lessons, but mostly just kind of played with friends and figured it out. Started like writing songs and playing shows when I was 14, 15. Got really into it. When was that like spark moment for you to say, hey, I can like actually do this? Hmm. Well, I I feel like I still really haven't done it in terms of a career financially, but Mm. in terms of a career artistically, yeah, I jumped into it right away. I just write so many songs. It's so fun for me. And pretty soon into writing songs, it became very necessary for me as an Mm. outlet um, emotionally and creatively. I just have to do it. Absolutely. Mostly done sort of folk over the years. I went deep into the discography. What made you gravitate towards doing that genre versus the classical stuff and the Irish stuff? Well, folk music was like the first music I gravitated towards. I remember in sixth grade, everyone was into Blink-182 for mm-hmm. me. I'm, I'm 33. And I got into this old folk singer, Lead Belly, mm-hmm. from hearing about it. And I just like went to the public library and found every CD I could and every book about him and like brought the CDs home and for like three years that was what I listened to and then I got into more like contemporary indie stuff um, but I always just really liked acoustic music and gotcha. only recently have I gotten into music that isn't folk. I was going to bring up Lead Belly because I heard you bring him up in a recent interview. What gravitated mm-hmm. you towards him specifically? Well when I heard that song Nirvana is how I found out about Lead Belly. Mm. that cover of in the pines it's on unplugged and then my mom heard me listening to lead belly and she was like oh we used to listen to that growing up she had like a personal connection to it i'm like oh that's cool then i started reading about him and our like world book encyclopedia set and he just has the craziest story so i got like invested in him personally and i i love his guitar playing i love his voice songwriting he has such a weird style where his verses will be like completely random at times and have really dark lyrics and strange lyrics. And then his choruses are just like so simple and hooky and Mm. catchy. And at his time, he was doing everything. He was doing blues. He was doing folk. He was doing, I mean, technically like dance music, hoedown dance music. Mm -hmm. He, He could do everything. That's awesome. 
you have a handful of albums dating back to 2015 with Towards the Center. Most of your discography is mostly centered around, you know, acoustic guitar, some beautiful horns here and there, very traditional folk. Thunderhead was very likely a surprise to most of your fans. As you transitioned into a little bit more of an electronic folk sound, would love to hear what sort of inspired that somewhat sudden transition. Yeah, it was partially inspired by necessity and partially inspired by the music I was listening to. When I say necessity, I mean that I was broke and I couldn't like afford to rent a studio and hire musicians. So I'm like, I just got to make this all myself by programming it. So I'm like, let's see if I can get good sounds and like play all the instruments myself and do it on a computer with like the limited tools I have. And then also at the same time, I was being inspired by so much music made in the same way, whether by necessity or not electronic music, hip hop music, especially current stuff, pop stuff, which a lot of my friends turned me on to and my family mm-hmm. and my wife, Sophia, and also like living in Bedsty, you just hear so much cool music coming out of cars driving by or like on the street down um, Fulton or like down in Flatbush, you hear people playing like sickest 80s music and 90s music. And I'm, I was always like shazamming that stuff. So. <laughs> on Fulton specifically, you can hear like 90s Dominican bachata playing. And then right after that, you're going to hear like some like 90s R&B and like 80s soul. Mm-hmm. It's insane. The sonic diversity that New York City has. And you also picked up some Irish flute from what I understand. Is that like a newfound instrument for you for this album? Or did you kind of mess around with it most of your life? I just started learning it. My wife bought me one for my birthday. And I started learning it because in addition to listening to that, like pop music, dance music, I love going to see live music. And one of the things I go to a lot, number one, because it's free. (laughs) And number two, because I love the experience of it is traditional Irish sessions where all these folk instrumentalists from like fiddle to flute to guitar, boron, which is a special Irish drum. There are all these amazing players in New York. They meet up almost every night of the week in different pubs. And you can just go sit and watch these like world-class musicians jam on these tunes for hours on end. And Mm -hmm. I kept going and going to that and I just got hooked on it. I'm like, I want to learn. And then I started learning Irish flute and I'm like, wow, it is going to take me decades (laughs) to catch up with those guys because they play so fast. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And really fun to learn. Yeah, Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, on that topic, what's one of your favorite spots to go when you're trying to get some live music? I'll say that I really love in Bed-Stuy, actually, that jazz bar, Lutanico. You ever go there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that spot is really cool. Like, I know Naomi Shelton was doing like the gospel mm. brunch there for a while. And I actually just looked up their schedule just like an hour ago. So I'm like, mm. oh, I want to go to another show there. The guy who runs that place, he had this band Little Willies with Nora Jones. And they play like entirely Willie Nelson covers. I think. That's awesome. But to your question, for live music, for the Irish music, you can go to Hartley's, which is in Bed-Stuy like on the border of Bed-Stuy, Clinton Hill, right off Fulton. You can go to Grace's in the city 
on 14th Street. My favorite session of the week is Sunday night with Tony DeMarco at this place, 11th Street Bar in the East mm. Village. And then another live music thing I love, which I hope this podcast, somebody who hears it will go to this because, or maybe you will go to this, but mm-hmm. um, there's this like world-class Bach organist who practices every day at noon at this church called Grace Church in the East Village. And you can just go in there and listen to him practice. This organ that this may sound like I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. It's like 50 feet high maybe more you can like feel the room shake when he hits some of the notes and it's free wow that's amazing is that what kind of inspired your tangent into sort of the Bach world or was it something before that man something about the pandemic made me want to go back and listen to this music that I was surrounded by in my childhood Mm. which is funny because back then I was so annoyed by that music and I didn't really like it but you know how that happens sometimes where like all of a sudden when you get older, go back to the music of your parents and you're like, oh, this is actually kind of legit. <laughs> exactly what I was doing today, listening to some bachata today like my mom would. So I 100% hear you. Cool. Do you know how to dance to it? Have you learned that? I do, but I'm fairly awkward when it comes to dancing. Side note, <laughs> I actually, I'm actually taking salsa classes, so I'm trying to get better. Dance is so amazing. I want to learn to dance too. <laughs> Any of that Irish traditional dancing? Growing oh up? man, I don't know. If, I don't know if I can hang with them. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. So everything they do is intense, man. <laughs> they party hard. <laughs> Getting into the album itself, I think I read a pretty interesting story about a dog that inspired Godbite. Would you mind getting into that? Yeah, the first song I made for the album was kind of inspired by some music my friend Chi showed me, like some cool dance music. It was around Halloween, and one day I was walking up to the corner on Lafayette and Bedford. City bus coming down Lafayette eastbound and as it was coming towards uh, my wife and I and a friend of ours we were just standing talking on the sidewalk. Bus came and right as it came towards us this like beautiful beautiful Siberian husky came running down the street like a bat out of hell like it was running from something and it ran towards us and as it crossed the street that city bus just like ran over it and we watched it get like crushed by four of the wheels it was really fucked up it was so sad and i immediately walked towards it because it was in the middle of the street there were more cars coming i don't know maybe it's like some stupid savior complex or something but (laughs) i should have learned as a kid like never approach a wounded dog i've been bit by a couple dogs before (laughs) growing up my wife, Sophia, she's from the country. And she like tried to grab me like, don't go towards that thing. But anyways, I go towards it and I reach down to pick it up and it's like bones are broken. Ooh. And as I reach down, it like looks up at me and bites my hand. But it, it did it in a way that was like, like it probably could have ripped my hand off if mm-hmm. it wanted. But it was like a warning, like don't come close, dude. And then it went over to the side of the road and, and died. I thought about that moment so much and like what it meant. Because it mm-hmm. happened on like a big milestone day for another reason Mm. and yeah wrote a song about it which is what i usually do when something confusing happens and also i couldn't play guitar for a while that's another necessity of why i made that song and made it mostly electronic and then i was able to add guitar to it like a month later once my hand healed up a little bit gotcha after listening to sort of the album as a whole track is called god bite It feels like there's a lot of religious undertones from sort of the vocals, even the instrumentals, the topics themselves. Did you have Mm -hmm. sort of a religious upbringing and how much of that informed the project? 
Yeah, I grew up Catholic, going to church every week, went to Catholic schools, Catholic college, worked in a monastery for a while. Wow. And also like reading religious texts both mm. Catholic or otherwise. Religion has always been something on my mind. This album, yeah, I talk about God a lot, but interestingly enough, the God I'm talking about, at least to me, it means a lot of things, but it's like kind of informed by, you know, those books, the Iliad and the Odyssey, mm-hmm. those old Greek books. I got really into those this year again. Mm. I love the gods in those books. They're like mm. so fascinating and complex and dramatic. Some of the songs I was actually thinking about and talking to them which is a bit pagan of me, but. (laughs) Thunderhead music video, specifically. You're wearing like this monk's robe and you're walking around some sort of like state fair or something. Wondering what inspired you to kind of go in the direction of that for the video specifically. Yeah, I just love old things. I love the medieval era, the art and the clothing from it. And as a little kid, I was just obsessed with drawing knights and castles, like unhealthily obsessed, like all the time and playing little playmobile sets you remember those Mm -hmm. anyways i went to see a psychic for the first time and they told me that my soul my soul my like last past life on earth was around the 12th century my soul hadn't been around for a long time and so i was probably very confused about the way the world is now and she's like i suspect that you have a lot of like nostalgia for this (laughs) so i got this idea like okay, I'm going to inhabit that, my past self, and like be this medieval character <laughs> walking around this weird setting, almost like Bill and Ted. Right. And I just thought it'd be a fun video to make. Yeah, I went to a county fair near my hometown in Minnesota. People at that county fair, even though it's kind of out in the boonies and conservative area, they didn't react like they were that surprised. I didn't get a, a lot of looks or anything. It was just kind of like, okay, there's a jester walking around. <laughs> I did think it was funny that some folks in the video were like smiling and waving at the camera. I thought that was hilarious. So you had a little bit of a oh, yeah. crowd interaction there. And then one last thing on the album, on the track Queen Goma, you make yeah. reference to someone teaching you how to beat the boss in Zelda's Ocarina of Time. Um, mm-hmm. Were you a video game guy? Was it a big part of your childhood? I mean, not a big part. And I think that's why it made an impression because we weren't really supposed to have video games Mm. or much TV. My oldest brother, I'm one of 10 kids. And I'm number nine, way down in the youngest. Mm. But my oldest brother, he lived at home with us for a year and he had an N64 and showed us Zelda. And that's just like still, I think, the coolest game ever. You did this album pretty much entirely solo. Yeah, all the way. Yeah, any reason for that? I mean, I shouldn't say all the way because I listed my wife, Sophia, as a co-producer because oh, beautiful. she helped me a lot. I mean, nothing is truly ever made completely alone. We were always talking about the songs and she was giving feedback. Uh, my friend Chris Connors mixed mm. it, mastered it, kind of helped with the sounds, additional production. But Got in it. terms of playing the instruments and writing the songs, I did all that myself. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing. And I guess not to say that you're done with your collaborations, it seems, because I read that you're going to be part of Black Thought's upcoming album as part of L. Michael's Affair. How did you Mm -hmm. become a part of that? I was lucky enough to make some music with L. Michael's Affair on his last two albums, playing guitar, and then some of the instrumentals from those sessions he 
chopped up and made beats out of and made an album with Black Thought. So I'm really excited for it to come out. Seems like you're getting more into working in the hip hop space. Sung back up for Post Malone, SNL. And then you also have a credit on Kenny Beats' last album, Louie, I believe? Yeah, kind of a similar thing. I play guitar for that song, Last Words. Mm-hmm. Remy Wolf and Vince Staples on it. Just an instrumental I made with Leon from L. Michael's Affair and wow. Homer. Homer from L. Michael's Affair, yeah, on drums. That's incredible. Got into a lot of the music. How do you typically spend your time outside of that? Music takes up a lot of my time, but I also have a day job here in the city. I'm campaign manager for this guy, Chio Se, who is city councilman for Bed-Stuy, ran his last campaign, and I'm running his current re-election campaign. Other than that, going to see the live music I mentioned earlier. Nice. Do you ever play any shows around town? I do. I play every Tuesday night. At this spot in the East Village, I play Bach. It's at this cool bar called the Burp Castle. It's like a old Belgian bar with frescoes of medieval monks on the walls. <laughs> and it has a strict whisper policy. So if you go into the bar, oh. you're not allowed to talk above a whisper. Really? For a bar, that, that must be incredibly difficult. Yeah, a lot of times, probably every like 20, 30 minutes, the bartender does a really loud shh. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to play some shows for Thunderhead, too. I got to book some in the city. I've been working on arranging these songs for live, and it's a little tough. That makes sense. And then last question, outside of some of what we discussed, what's next for you, music or otherwise? I'm working on follow-up to this. I want to play some live shows and give give this album like all the support I can this spring. Maybe upstate and then um, L.A. And I'm also going to Ireland nice. in April to play some shows, which is like a dream come true. Lately, past few months, um, recently, I've been doing a little bit of collaborating with some pop and hip-hop producers out in L.A. I've been sending them guitar parts to for their artists and... Then here in the city, I'm doing some co-writing with friends for fun since I spent the last year making music by myself. It's kind of nice to collaborate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's amazing. And I'm excited to hear all the music that's coming up. Hopefully, I'll be able to catch a show. Yeah, and I'll let you know when, when it comes up. Please do. Paul, thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time. Check out Paul Springs streaming, social media. Paul, do you have anything you want to plug specifically? I just would love it if people listen to the album. Yeah, check it out streaming or on Bandcamp Underhead. Once again, thanks for coming on. And for all you folks out there, feel free to check out some of the other interviews on the platform along with my music content, Frequency Podcast, anywhere you get your podcasts. And until next time, I will see y'all later.